Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. Yes, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us wherever you are joining us from in the world. This show is all about helping you to deliver e-commerce wow. And today I am super excited with today's guest, Rick West, who is drawing us, joining us all the way from Alabama. Uh, We're going to have a great conversation. Uh, But Rick, before we get into it, one of the things I like to do is just give a quick shout out to past guests and episodes that we have had. Uh, And given the conversation that we're going to have tonight, I thought it would be great to mention Tim Jordan's episode with us uh, on how to choose a winning product every time. Do go back and check that out. It's all on the website, ecommercepodcast.net. We've got such a back catalogue, you're going to want to check it out. Now, this episode is brought to you by the e-commerce cohort, which helps deliver e-commerce well to your customers. Uh, It is basically uh, a membership. I don't know, Rick, whether you're the same as me, but it's it's easy to work in a silo. And so uh, working in a mastermind with peers, is super, super beneficial. And that's what the e-commerce is all about. Let me tell you, it's a lightweight membership group with guided monthly sprints that cycle through all the key areas of e-commerce. The sole purpose of which is to provide clear and actionable jobs to be done. And so you'll know what to work on and get the support to get it done too. So whether you're just starting out in e-commerce or if like me, you're a bit of a dinosaur and been around for a little while, uh, make sure you check out ecommercecohort.com or email me directly at matt at ecommercepodcast.net with any questions because it is super, super cool. And also let me know what you think about the new music, by the way, because, uh, you know, we've taken the e-commerce podcast theme and jazzed it up. Absolutely. So I'd love to know what you thought. Think about that. Right. Let's jump into this. So I'm going to read this intro here and then we're going to resolve a slight confusion that's in my head. Uh, Rick is the CEO uh, and founder of Field Agent. Now, Field Agent connects brands, retailers and agencies with customers across the country and around the world to help you win at retail. His platform harnesses smartphones across the country, bridging the gap between you and your customers. And it's really, really clever. Now, Rick created Field Agent because he saw a massive problem that needed solving. Retailers were really struggling to connect with their customers in an efficient way. By using mobile technology, Rick was able to create a platform that helps brands better understand their customers and improve their retail strategies. Rick is always striving to see his ideas come to life. He has been an entrepreneur for 19 years and is part of the Global Endeavor Entrepreneur Network. Rick, that's all a huge mouthful. So welcome to the show. It sounds like you are you are the man when it comes to all these kind of things. You know, I'll take that. My wife will humbly remind me I'm not the man. <laughs> I, I will take that. Listen, I will always be known as Kim's husband, or Hannah and Logan and Sarah's dad, or Ketting and Josie's granddad. Forget about all the other stuff. That's who I am. <laughs> Let me tell you, Rick, I feel your pain. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm Sharon's fella. That's the way it is here in the UK. Uh, and you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. It's not a problem at all. Um, not a problem at all. So thank you for joining us uh, on the e-commerce podcast. I'm super excited that you're that you're here. Um, but let's let's clear something up because it says uh, 
Uh, we were talking in the intro about Field Agent, and I've got this beautiful intro written by Sadaf, our producer here. Okay. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a work of prose. Uh, yeah. But underneath your name, it says something a little different, doesn't it? It doesn't say fieldagent.net anymore. It says plumshop.com. Yeah, so for, yeah. for the listeners that, that don't panic, you know, he's got the right guy you know, on the podcast right now. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, Matt, this came from um, uh, kind of a concept. If you're a, a voracious reader or a podcast guy, many people have listened to a podcast, a business podcast called Flip My Funnel. Uh, Sangram Vanjay, uh, the, uh, the uh, CEO of Terminus, Creative Terminus started that. He now has a podcast called The Move, but his book, The Move, is really helping entrepreneurs or people in the e-commerce world understand there's three phases to everyone's company. There's a problem market fit, mm -hmm. a product market fit, and a platform market fit. We knew when we started Field Agent back in the pre-selfie days. So this is pre-front-facing camera, okay? No yep. video, iPhone 3S, the rage, right? It was a BlackBerry flip phone world. Yeah, yeah. But this thing was coming out. We knew that we were solving a problem by launching Field Agent, which was allowing brands and retailers getting access to data at scale because we crowdsourced millions of individuals that would take pictures on their phone, uh, answer insights questions, buy products and try them, kind of do mystery shopping. So we knew we had an amazing solution. Mm -hmm. And then we spent the last 10 years really honing in on the product market fit. We knew we had a problem to solve and everyone said, yes, there's a problem. The product market fit said, well, Rick, how do you take that, that machine that you've built and create very succinct products so it's easy for me to buy as opposed to it being always a customized solution? Mm -hmm. Make a phone call and yeah, here's my machine. How do I customize it? Well, after about 10 years of doing work, there's only so many ways to do an audit, so many ways to do research or mystery shopping. Mm -hmm. There's only so many ways to do ratings and review. Yeah. So we started to productize. Then the third phase, we started to hear from our clients saying, Rick, the way we buy from you is good, but it could be cleaner. Can you simplify it? So we launched Plum in June 17th of this year. Oh, and wow. Plum is a B2B marketplace that acts like Amazon. And, what, and for those e-commerce people listening, you roll your eyes. Great, Rick, you said it's compared to Amazon. Before you roll your <laughs> eyes, this is why, Matt, why it's so important. If you're a B2B provider of services, there's no way that you can put your services on Amazon. And Shopify is just not going to work for you, is it? I mean, you just can't, like, hey, throw this on Shopify. It'll work. Yeah. So we spent the last year or so within COVID really developing a marketplace so that you can click answer a couple of questions and go to a cart and check out with a cart, just like you would Amazon or Target or Boots, anyone, any, any mm -hmm. type of retail B2B engagement. And you can now buy our services in that way, go right to a cart, either pay with a credit card or do a purchase order invoice, such that, and this is the kicker, we would argue we're the very first B2B e-commerce marketplace with a cart. All okay. of the B2B marketplaces are click, click, talk to a salesperson, click, click, get an appointment, click, mm -hmm. click, go to a demo. And we've completely turned it upside down. Hence, Plum Shop, uh, which is why we've got that uh, website listed there. That's a long-winded okay. answer to your original question. Right. No, it's a great answer. So um, you have done Plum Shop, which uh, within a couple of clicks, I can buy B2B services using standard right. e-commerce checkouts, which makes things right. a lot easier. Uh, yeah. 
Why? Okay, I'm intrigued when you say you're the first one, and, and I have to be honest with you, Rick, I don't doubt you because I, I, I'm rapidly scouring the grey matter in the back of my head trying to think, well, hang on a minute, I, 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 I genuinely don't know of a market, and maybe, dear listener, if there is one, you should let us know. Um, so if that's the case, mm-hmm. and you are the first, which congratulations, by the way, um, why has it taken so long for the internet to do this in a world that has been e-commerce crazy for about 20 odd years? Well, man, it's, it's, not a, it's not a technical question. If you talk to our CTO, Kelly Miller, he said, Rick, time and money solves all technical issues. I mean, mm-hmm. it just does. So think of the, uh, the founder syndrome, uh, that legacy, you know, brick and mortar systems. For me to take an agency, and let's say the agency does e-commerce work and they want to help you do SEO. What the agency wants is that I want to have billable hours and I've staffed it. I've got an onboarding team, a sales team. Uh, I've got a client success team. I want all that to come in. So you buy into my $10,000 a month. Now, mm-hmm. half of that goes toward buying ads or other things. Sure. But I need that 5000 because i got to staff my team. Mm-hmm. And we're coming in saying, I think you could probably just click and give me your AdWords and tell me what you want, and then we could just build that for you. Well, that turns that model upside down. If you're a legacy system or a legacy agency, what am I going to do? And so what we tell people is that why don't you let that agency infrastructure be focused on the large custom problems to solve mm-hmm. and the other 20, 30, 40, 50% that's fairly rote, why don't you make it frictionless and a better buying experience because, and this is the, this is the nugget for everyone listening, the 20, 25, 30, 35 year old person that's willing to buy a car from Tesla without driving it, that's willing to look at a video and do a walkthrough of a home and buy it without seeing it, mm-hmm. to do all the tractions, all, all the, the um, transactions via DocuServe mm-hmm. and to, to send money back and forth. You're telling me they're not going to spend $1,000 for ratings and reviews when they're willing to spend seventy dollars or $100,000? No, Rick, you know, we really need to have a meeting. I'm like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have a meeting. Well, Rick, you don't understand the value. The value I add in that meeting is to help you think about how we're going to do ratings and reviews. I'm like, no, you just need your core consumer to buy your product, try it, and put a ratings review up. But an agency can't handle that. So we think, this is the thesis, right? That as the young Gen Z millennials get into decision-making positions in the B2B world, they're going to require that there be a better frictionless, self-educating way to buy services as opposed to, I'll schedule a meeting in three weeks and let's talk about it. Those days are gone, Matt. Now, you could argue I've got another five or 10 years runway left in it, but I don't think you have much. There's no one that Mm. goes to Amazon and says, I'm going to buy a TV and you click and I want to have someone call me and tell me about the TV. They would laugh at you. But for whatever reason, if I spend $2,000 for the TV, I still want to have the meeting before I spend $1,000 for SEO work because it just feels like I should have the meeting. But you're willing to do all these other things B2C, self-educating, checking ratings and reviews, and it's frictionless. So it's coming. The time is coming. That's a really interesting point, actually, because I'm sitting here thinking, actually, I have an agency, right? So 
Um, I ha- I have a, an e-commerce agency. We've got I don't know I don't really talk about it much on the show, but we've got like a done for you e-commerce service which we offer to companies, and we've got like a done for you sort of media podcast service that we do for people. Um, my experience here is, and I'm listening to you, Rick, because I'm your I'm yeah. your in some respects part of me is your your tight ta- your target client, and I'm going well. Now hang on a right. minute, I I quite like the. Uh, having a conversation i quite like the strategizing i quite like understanding the client problem and figuring Sounds out how good. this works yeah i do you know what yeah. it strokes my ego a little bit and, and to be fair i like to meet people right i think um yes. i'm thinking about the services that i buy i i maybe i'm old school i tend to buy from people that i like um and mm-hmm. uh it's one of the key sort of buying benefits but then i think well actually I used to be the guy that would go and spend hours in the car showroom and I would talk to whoever it was in the showroom for hours and hours and hours about the car. But I am now the guy that will quite happily go to the website and buy without talking to anybody because I know what it is that I want. So part of me is like, hang on a minute. But the other part of me is like, ooh, I've seen that I've started to do what you're talking about here. We're we're, we're at that, it's that classic S curve, right? Mm -hmm. You have the S curve. The real estate is on the down part of the, the S curve. You know, uh, we would argue that Amazon has pushed things on the a part of the S curve. Uh, car buying's on the S curve. You're not going to see as many dealerships, etc. Why wouldn't B two B services? I think they're kind of on the bottom part of the S curve. So you need another S curve to come in to take it to the next level. Now, mm-hmm. you and I both know that there are people in your demographic that says, "I get it. I just want to meet the person." And that's not going to go away. I mean, we, we could argue that when Amazon or when, when Kindle and the iPad came out, 100% of all books are going to go away. We're only going to buy them on an iPad. We're only going to buy them, mm-hmm. read them on a Kindle. And based on the, the genre and what you're targeting, it's what, 25, 30%? And it's been that way for probably a decade. Mm-hmm. I think B2B services, when you look at size of drink and the, the, the kind of that small taste that I'm going to give someone, it might only be 30, 40, 50% of your revenue that goes to the small drink. Mm-hmm. And this massive custom piece may still have great interaction with salespeople. That's not going to go away. But then you're, you're a business guy. You've done the math. In order for someone to justify spending the time that you just described, they're going to have to buy at $10,000 or 20 or 30. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the other 100,000 people that would love to have a taste of what you do and they only want to spend five grand, you're like, I can't justify it, or a thousand, can't justify it. Well, e-commerce says, of course you could justify it. You know the questions you're going to ask them in the meeting, mm-hmm. have them go through a process. You know the inputs you're going to need, have them put in the inputs, and you know what you're going to charge them. And so there's a part of your business that says, gosh, now Matt, you and your team can now serve a thousand clients versus your top 50 because your 50 are difficult and expensive, but yet it's a, a great quality experience for you to scale to the thousand. You're going to have to engage in some way, the way Amazon mm-hmm. and others made things work. And that's mm-hmm. why the, the shopping mall went away and other things have gone away because people want to buy in a certain way. So yeah. we're on the very tipping point of this. Yeah, I'm I'm curious now, Rick, to see where this goes. Genuinely, um, yeah. I, I'm, and we're we're talking about the productization of services uh, in the podcast. And I, in my head, right, uh, if I look again at what we did with our services, right. so 
Um, I run my own e-commerce website. So I've got, I, and they're a clear product, right? You can go, right, well, I sell this product. I can put it in a box and I can ship it. Right. And then when I started doing agency, I'm like, I hated it because I'm like, I, it's not, I can't put it in a box and I can't ship it. I have to yes, trade yep. time for money. I just, it just, and so that's when I, was, I got really excited about things like online courses and masterminds and memberships, yes. like the e-commerce cohort we run, right? For very little money, you can get a thousand people to come join your mastermind. Everybody wins, right? And it, you're kind of productizing your service. And so people are buying into that and they're buying the product. And what I found was that actually, if you had, say, a thousand people who did your course, a hundred of them would contact you about your coaching services. They would want a much more personal interaction with you. And so yeah. that became like part of the funnel, if that makes sense. And you funneled them down. So what I hear you talking about here is you're kind of like, well, you've got your courses and your, your standard productization of a service there. You're now on about productizing the rest of that funnel. Have I understood that right? Yeah, th think of the concept of legal zoom. We would have never dreamed 20 years ago that in order for an e-commerce company to do a startup, they can go to legal zoom and incorporate, do their LLC, get their operating mm -hmm. agreement and never talk to an attorney. Mm -hmm. it, it just there's no way that would ever happen today. Why contact an attorney now as you grow and you get more complex, then you want to go have a great conversation with Matt, explain where your vision, where you're going and you do customization because there's no attorney with any scale that says, I want to talk to a thousand startups. You just don't. That's why it's so, so expensive. So the funnel part of that is so true. LegalZoom says, well, I'll take all the small ones and I know that I'll eventually lose them, but I've given them a good flavor. Now LegalZoom says, here's my referral network based on where you are. Let me refer you to one of my attorneys. So you see where the business model is coming in from that perspective. And that's really what we're trying to drive here is that we know that our, 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 pro, our problem solution is right on. Our products are amazing. Our clients started to say, I'd like to have a different buying experience with you. And based on the way we were staffed today, I couldn't talk to the thousand small guys. I can't afford it. Uh, I think in, um, in COVID, the, the example was Zoom. Zoom went from, what was it, 30 million users to like 200 million users or 10 to whatever mm -hmm. it was, crazy number. If they were not productized and you could purchase Zoom automatically, I think the stats I saw is something to the effect of it was going to take like 60 or six years at 100,000 people working 10 hours a day doing 30-minute calls to scale into the tens of millions. You couldn't scale. But yet Zoom scaled without ever talking to a person. That's what we're talking about here. Realizing that Zoom still had phone calls yep. from the Fortune 50 saying, I want a meeting. But everyone like the two of us, we just click, click, did Zoom, had a, a deal. Six months later, you want to upgrade, you bet, everything mm -hmm. happened. So why can't B2B services be the same way? I think we're on the forefront of that. Wow. Sounds very exciting, Rick. You sound very excited by it. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we were talking before we hit record, and you mentioned Gabe White uh, yeah. as someone uh, who you're excited, a guy you've known for years, uh, if I remember rightly. Is right. has he gone or is he going through this process with you? Is there a story there? He is, and, and so so Gabe, you know, brilliant guy, but has been in the agency world, you know, forever you know, in the 
uh, customer marketing, marketing agency world. And then uh, the last five, six years really started focusing on e-commerce, kind of in your, your space. And he, small group of, you know, soldiers all locked in arms and they've got this startup and he's feeling the scale. He's like, oh, I can just feel the, the pressure and I can't handle the engagement that I want to. And our engagement said, hey, what if we took your product and we put your product on Plum Shop so that people could buy a taste or a drink, small drink of what you do, based on who engages, you can choose the ones that you now want to call and engage because they could be a much larger contract. And for the other ones, have an amazing experience. So he's been a fantastic partner to help us understand on the e-commerce world how to take his customized agency services that he would sell products. How do we take that product and make it a frictionless engagement? And he's been a fantastic partner to help us think through that. So what's what have you what sort of things have you discovered with uh, with him? Yeah, I think it's it's the it's it's being it's the strength of being together versus separate. So for example, we do. Uh, ratings and reviews as an example. And he's able to do a scorecard that tells you based on your URL, I can tell you what your content score is going to be, what your photography score is going to be, ratings and review, other things within it. And so then he comes in and said, here's your scorecard. Here's where you need help. And then Plum Shop comes in and says, well, I've got someone that can help you without talking to anyone. Remember, if you need new photography, click here and buy and I'll do lifestyle shots or product shots for you for $75 a photo. Like, okay, click, click. Yes. Here's a content writer. Click, click. Here's a person that could do ratings and review. Click, click. So his scorecard tells you the health. And then based on the health, you now have opportunities to purchase other products within the marketplace. So it really is an interesting ecosystem without his scorecard. I'm selling to you saying you've got a problem, but his scorecard yeah. gives you exact issues. And what he couldn't do, he couldn't solve the problem. He's a good scorecard, but he wasn't going to fix anything for you. So that product now has been a really, really cool engagement for us. Uh, we've done it manually. We've got it in front of folks. It'll actually be live in about two weeks. Okay. Okay. It's been well, a fun journey. Uh, at the time of recording, uh, I mean, obviously, by the time this comes out, this will all be live and working. So do check it yeah. out at plumshop.com. I'll be checking it out. I'm really, I'm genuinely really curious to see how this yeah. can work. Uh, because you're right, I, I've not come across anything like it. And um, I liked your analogy, the small drink, the little drink. It's that kind of... Um, that kind of thing. That's almost a good brand name. I mean, I like Plum Shop, but the little drink or something like that. Anyway, I digress. Um, so... Why, why Plum Shop? What, what sort of led you to, to do that? Because you've got Field Agent, right? Just explain to people what Field Agent is, and then we can maybe look at the leap of why you went from one to the other. Yes. So uh, we, we started out with trying to solve the problem of how do you capture data at retail, at scale. And we knew we could use this thing called a smartphone. But remember, it's back in the days of, I, I literally, Matt, was showing someone a smartphone, and this is a CPG executive, super smart, and he looked at the phone, he was like, he was clicking it saying, well, A, how do you use it? And B, how are you going to train someone to use the camera? So for most <laughs> people listening, you can't think back 12 years ago because it's, it's such a long time ago. Then it's okay, well, once they take the photo, Rick, then how do they upload it to the computer so they can email it to you? I mean, those were the days of being the first app on iTunes to pay cash. 
-hmm. the first app to use geolocation at that time. So by, by fast forwarding, what Field Agent does is it takes a crowdsourcing of millions of people uh, here in the US, six other countries, we're in the UK. And so how do you have everyday people capturing data quantitatively, prices, pictures of displays, pictures of billboards, pictures of menus? How do we have that same group do insights? I want to send in a female 18 to 30 to talk about cosmetics and provide insights. And how do you have them buy product, try it and sample and do ratings and reviews? That's really the big machine that we developed with Field Agent. And as we talked before, I knew I had an amazing problem solution and I had a great product and that was just how people wanted to buy it. But we've been driving that business now for about 12 years. Uh, we're the go-to partner for someone that's trying to figure out what's happening at retail in near real time. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a clever idea and it's a great little product. Um, for oh, I shouldn't call it a little product. That sounds a bit too demeaning, but it is a great product. No, no, no. Uh, I'm but, also probably the only guy on your podcast that's telling people that if you're if you're not if you're an e-commerce provider today or you're doing e-commerce work, uh, we do a great job of doing concept tests. You can have people go to your website, tell you what you think. I mean, we do a mm -hmm. great job of doing research. But I'm also probably the only guy on your podcast that pays people money that listen in. So yeah. if you don't you care about field agent and you just want to make a little extra cash, download the app and I'll pay you two, five, 10, $20 mm -hmm. or 10 pounds just to go take some pictures or engage a little bit. So I'd love to offer people money as well. Yeah. And I was, I'm actually, you, you mean, you probably don't realize this somewhere I'm on your system. Uh, I'm signed up nice. as a, as a field agent. So I was really nice. curious uh by this process um so yeah do check it out and actually if you are online and you've got an e-commerce business and you do want to get some quant quantitative data um then actually field agents a great way to do that to get people inexpensive inexpensively i'm struggling with my words yeah. today rick uh, inexpensively to check uh, and provide the feedback on your website which is so so insightful uh, and has a massive impact on your uh, optimization rates and things like that and why are people doing certain things and not doing certain things. So do check that out. So if I'm uh, listening to the show and I've got a product, I, I get the basics of e-commerce and I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm going, well, I've got a service as well. And we've started to talk about productizing your service, um, right. certainly parts of it, you know, for, for the likes of Plum Shop and, st and stuff like that. I guess let's talk about that a minute, Rick, if we can. Who can actually productize a service and how would I go about doing that? What are some of the things that I should think about? Yeah, as, as we talk to um, B2B services providers, the first thing they're going to tell you is, I've thought about doing that. I'm really, really busy. I can't take resources off of what I'm driving today to even start this. And most of my tech resources are focused on custom client requests. So the very first barrier is time. The second one is tech resources. Mm -hmm. We come alongside saying that's part of what we've done over the last year. We have the secret sauce. So don't worry about that. We'll come in and we don't have this productized yet. So shame on us, but we'll come in. <laughs> so okay. your secret safe with everyone that's listening to the show. Well, well I, I told the team in about six months after we've done this, it should be a self-service no one's going to amazon taking a phone call before they put their product on amazon they just mm -hmm. put it on amazon mm -hmm. you'll be able to put it on our, our our plum shop but we engage them to say don't panic let's talk about your 20 services you offer what are your your um the best-selling services what's the simplest version of that best-selling service 
and we'll come in and we do the tech lifting and the concept lifting to create products to put it on Plum Shop so that you don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, whew, okay, that looks like help. And so because of that, we have merchandising companies. Uh, again, we've got photography companies. We've got others that are engaging saying, yeah, I, I can see where this can work out. And we come alongside and help them productize and give them a place to place it, which is Plum Shop. Okay. So, and what are some of the some of the steps in that whole productizing thing? I appreciate you come along and help, but what are, what's the sort of journey that, say, a photographer is going to go through? Yeah, so think of a photographer that, and in this case, we'll take the one product, which is uh, we do lifestyle shots. Well, the first thing you, you want to do is, no, I need to spend an hour interviewing. I said, no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah. Um, I can go to product person A and say, show me some photos of recent lifestyle shots that you have, upload those and give me the taste and feel. Upload your style guide, because every brand has a style guide. Mm-hmm. If I follow your style guide and I hit this, then tell me a couple of other things. And I, I basically realize, oh, I just need to answer a few questions. And then I'm going to come back to you again with a proposal saying, this is what I heard. I kind of productize that sign off on it, you're done. And next thing you know, in about a week, you've got, you know, 20, 30 photos of lifestyle shots based on your style guide, based on the inspiration you've given us, and we can go make that work. So that's kind of how a mm-hmm. process would work, you know, you know, coming in to make something like that work. So I guess if I'm productizing a service, whether it's uh, photography or if it's something else, I'm thinking, what are the core components? What are the core questions that I need to right. ask somebody? And how can I use technology to get that information out of them yes. in a quick and frictionless way, right? Uh, and once I've defined that alongside, you know, what my basic products are, I'm, I'm then starting to get somewhere on the right path and think in terms of how this is going to work. Right. I mean, even if you choose not to do the technology part of this, and this is really for anyone that has an agency listening, if I hired a new client success, new salesperson, shame on you for not having a playbook that says when you interview a client, make sure you do boom, boom, boom. I mean, if mm-hmm. you've ever read the book, uh, Checklist Manifesto. I know. I haven't actually. Fantastic book. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's really simple saying this is how the, the checklist concept is how we reduced, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but how you took deaths from operating rooms from like 20, 30% down to virtually nil Mm -hmm. because people weren't following the checklist of washing their hands and sanitizing things. And once they did the checklist, once the airline pilot looked at the checklist when a storm came up, as opposed to thinking I can do this on my own. Mm -hmm. So when you think of playbooks, playbook is just a checklist. Mm -hmm. And shame on you if you have the client for 30 minutes and then you get back and say, hey boss, I had a great client call. He said, did you ask him this? Oh, I forgot. Oh, did you ask him this? Oh, no, I, no, I'll, then they write down, next time, don't forget this. What productization does, regardless of whether you use tech, is that we all have to be intuitive enough to follow our client, yet at the same time, not walk away without getting the eight primary things we have to have. Mm-hmm. You can get 20 other things because it was really fun for the client to tell you, but you know the eight things. And so what we're saying is, from a technology standpoint, I just don't need the other 20. I just need the eight because it makes it very, very efficient. So if you've got a clean sales experience and you know you're getting the eight things, and no matter who has the call, you can now turn them loose, that's really 80 for the 20 what you need to be able to productize something. 
even without technology, we all should be doing that because checklists are what saves all of our arrears because the client comes back and says, you didn't ask me that. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, you're right, I didn't. Yeah. It's all checklists. That's that so true. It's so, I remember working with a German company uh, in uh, before I became, uh, before I entered into e-commerce, I kind of did health spots, designed and installed health spots. And I, we imported from a German company. And before I could buy anything from them, there was like a four or five page checklist I had to go through yeah. and I had to tick all kinds of boxes and it was the it was horrendous but it meant that actually every time when it turned up it was right uh, and if the, if there was a problem the first thing the Germans would do is go show me the checklist uh, and you would look at the checklist and you go aha that's where the problem lies right there is actually I filled in the checklist wrong um, or I tried to order it without always had problems when I ordered stuff without a checklist I just want to say <laughs> well, but, but, it's, so, it's art, but it's art and science right so, the, so hmm. the science part of a sales call is making sure that you have all your things buttoned in but the difference between a great sales call and mediocre is the art part because mm -hmm. you know what I just like working with Matt I love working with Matt well you can't put a number on that. I mean, certain people just get it. But yeah. whether it's Matt or someone else, the science part should be consistent. Because mm -hmm. if you love working with Matt, but Matt comes back with like five of the eight questions, the client success person has to waste my time with two more phone calls. Mm -hmm. That's not a good experience. The B2C e-commerce thing is figure that out. Where do I want it shipped? How do I want to pay for it? If they didn't ask those questions and I had to come back and say, oh, yeah, by the way, I forgot to ask you, where do you want this mailed? No way B2C would work, right? Yeah. 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 And if, if uh, like I have a Jeep and if I'm going to buy things for my Jeep, Amazon said, are you still buying for your 2015 CJ7? I'm like, yes, I am. Because even they know now when I buy a product, they say, whoa, 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 that won't fit your Jeep. Mm -hmm. See, so even Amazon went to a little bit more depth to say, mm -hmm. Nah, that won't really fit. Well, that's what we expect salespeople to do. And we all know that we get bit every now and then because I forget to ask question A or B. Yeah, no, it's very good. Very good. We've never talked about checklists on the e-commerce podcast before. Uh, so wow. uh, well, world first. And actually, I'm surprised we've not talked about it before because they are so powerful. Uh, so uh, check out, what was it, a book, Checklist Manifesto. Was that right? Yeah, yeah. Great. And it's to me, I, I'm not a ferocious re reader, so it's got great margin, small book, easy to read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it tells you, and, and, but the stories, again, I'm a storyteller, Matt. So the stories are what's powerful is when you think about being in a surgery, you're like, well, of course that makes sense. Why yeah. wouldn't they follow it? When you think about the pilot, but yet when I'm selling e-commerce agency, why should I follow a checklist? Cause it's not that important. You're like, are you kidding me? It's my lifeblood. Of course it's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So checklist makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. I like that. I really, really like that. Yeah. Um, Rick, listen, I'm aware of time and I feel like I'm just uh, starting to scratch the surface uh, of things that we can okay. that we can actually talk about. I mean, we've, we've that we honestly, uh, but um, I, I, I wanted to be respectful of your time. So my final question for you, sir, before we uh, before we get into this whole how do people reach you? How do people connect? Do you know I mean, uh, the question that I have for you is this. I don't know if you remember at the start of the show, I said that today we're sponsored by the e-commerce cohort, which is actually one of my products, right? Uh, one of our sort of online services, which is great. Uh, and it's all about using coaching and peer mentoring to deliver e-commerce well. So 
Imagine, right, you are standing up in a room full of the cohorts in a hotel somewhere, uh, and we've, you've just done this talk on, uh, you know, why you need to offer productized services, and you talked about Plum, and, and uh, the book actually is probably the answer to the question. You get a minute to thank all the folks that have had a big impact on your life, family, mentors, authors, software, podcasts, whatever it is. Who do you thank and why? I'm super curious. Yeah, so we, we have to, the, the first one, I would be nuts not to say my wife to start out with that, my life partner. <laughs> We've been dating 41 years and only married oh, wow. 37. So oh, 37, wow. on Wednesday of this week, July 20th, 37 years. Congratulations. Uh, keeps me humble. And it, she's an encourager, keeps me humble, and it's just truly a, a life partner here. On the, on the encouragement, mentoring side, uh, it's a guy by the name of Lee Yi. Okay. Lee Yi. He's an old Goldman Sachs guy, got into the ministry world and uh, I, we were elders together at a church in Hong Kong when I lived there. And he's the guy that's not afraid to tell me my baby's ugly. Okay. <laughs> okay, because, that's okay, such that's a important. great phrase. Yeah, remember, yeah. All, remember, 99% of all babies look like aliens. Every now and then you get that one like, oh my gosh, that's a cute baby. But most of them are just, their heads are warped, their, uh -huh. their hair's off. It, they're, they're just, they're not cute. And so as an entrepreneur, everyone thinks their product is cute. Everything's perfect. You're like, nah, not so much. Mm -hmm. So Lee's really good. And, and here's one thing he'll help remind you is that we all have to understand is the reason that you're on the podcast, is the reason that you're speaking, is the reason you're in this position because of you, Rick, or you, Rick, the title. Yeah. And from an ego standpoint, you got to understand because of the title and where you are, you get a certain group of people that want to engage with you mm -hmm. and you've got to make sure that you separate that from who Rick is mm -hmm. because the people want to engage with Rick around mentorship, discipleship, other things are over here. There are other people that want you for the title. And when the title goes away, are you going to be okay? Are you the man still going to be okay with who you are and whose you are because the title will fade? Mm -hmm. And he's really good about keeping me like, are you sure you want to say that? Are you sure you want to do this? Fantastic. Uh, so it's been fantastic. We all need a Lee in our lives. I'm reminded of that. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Cool Runnings about the Jamaican bobsleigh team. Yes. And I, I remember really clearly in the line, um, you know, uh, the, the, the guy uh, is asking his coach who cheated uh, a few years prior in the Olympics. And he's like, why did you do it? And he was like, well, I just had to win at all costs. And um, and he turns around and he said, well, how, how do I know? How do I know if I'm going to be all right? And he said, listen, um, if you're not enough without the gold medal, you'll never be enough with it. Uh, and it, it's that kind of phrase, isn't it? That kind of thinking which it says it doesn't matter what the title is. It doesn't matter what the bank balance is. If you're not enough without it, you'll never right. be enough with it. Right. So true. So true. That is gold right there. And that's the beauty of people I'm like Lee uh, in uh, like we could just. Mike, if I had a mic, I'd drop it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. So shout out to Kim. Was that your wife's name? Did I remember that yeah. right? Kim. Yes. Yeah. I, I tell people that I was married to Kim West before Kanye was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The original. The original. Absolutely. I like that. That's brilliant. Uh, so shout out to Kim and also to Lee. Uh, and congratulations on 37 years married. That's awesome. I'm, I'm coming up to 25, so I'm a little bit behind you. Uh, I'm, I'm still playing catch up, but that's awesome. I just, I, I love that. I, I love the fact that you guys are still very much a partnership, very much in love. Yeah. That's just brilliant to see. So, uh, Rick, 
How do people reach you? How do they get hold of you if they want to know more, if they want to reach out? Yeah, so they don't have to remember much. I mean, obviously we've pitched the plumshop.com. They can learn about our products. But if you want to contact me, because uh, if you're a friend of Matt's and this podcast, uh, just go to LinkedIn. You don't have to remember much other than Rick West, field agent. You can find me, DM me there. You'd be surprised how quickly I'd say connect and talk. Uh, if you want to spend some time talking through this or anything else in life, if you're a friend of Matt, you're a friend of mine. Bless you. That's awesome. So we will, of course, put a link to Rick and uh, his yep. LinkedIn profile and to Plum Shop and all of that sort of stuff. We will put that uh, on the website. Yes, we will, which is ecommercepodcast.net. So there you have it. Another episode. What a great conversation. Thanks again, Rick, for joining us, man. Totally appreciate that. Uh, don't, oh, it's, it's just great, isn't it? I just, I love having great conversations. I genuinely do. So don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from because we have some more great conversations, if you can believe that lined up, and you're not going to want to miss any of them. No, you are not. Uh, and in case no one has told you today, you are awesome. Uh, the e-commerce podcast is produced by Ori Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible, the legends, Sadaf Bainon, Josh Catchpole, Estelle Robin, and Tim Johnson. Our theme song is written by me and my son, Josh. Uh, and if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, head on over to the website, ecommercepodcast.net, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. That's it from me. That's it from Rick. Have a fantastic week. See you next week. Bye for now.